Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. At least Kyrie has the courage of his convictions. I disagree strongly with Kyrie. But at least he isn't lying about it. Like, that's the other thing. To come out here and to name check, like, MLK. Oh, Lord. After you have been caught lying about your vaccination status, which you are then, after the fact, saying that you feel strongly about, you've done all your research, and you're this martyr about it, that is patently ridiculous. Renee, it's early in the season. I want to say that right now because people are going to be like, it's early early in the season. Ten games in, about. And usually you can't really make pronouncements about what a team looks like until maybe 20. Ten games in. Yeah. But the Knicks and the Hawks are, it's a little wobbly right now. Uh, my Knicks beat the Bucks, world champion Bucks, over the weekend due to the transitive property of uh, NBA championships. That means we are the champions. Ah. Uh, and then we got mollywopped by the by the resurgent Cleveland Cavaliers. Your Hawks have had a bumpy start. Yep. Um, what can we? What do we know about what's happening? What do, What do we think is going on with our teams, Renee? Yeah, I'm glad that you gave the it's only been 10 games, but we all it's know we all know how reaction Monday happens for, you know, NFL. It's like overreaction Monday, I should call it. Yes. It happens in the NFL. So, there's going to be some overreactions. I think it's only right like, you know, it, you have to take the good with the bad. Both of us were coming off of a high last season. We didn't win a championship, but we were like, man, are our yes. clubs moving in the right direction and that feels good. Yes. And so when you feel like at the end of the season, man, we're just nothing but up from here. And then you start the <laughs> season. And then you start the next season. And it's not necessarily up and stuck. Like Cardi, you know, we wanted to be up and stuck. It's it's not, you know, we're four and six right now with the Hawks. And yeah. and so it's it's interesting because it's almost like that sophomore slump where you can equate it right. to an NBA player. You know, we both came off of great seasons. We have young nucleuses, a young core. What does the next season happen? Well, Trey Young said it. You know, he said, first of all, the regular season isn't fun. Trey said that. We know that, Trey. Um, But he also talked about that intensity that we played with last year. I think both teams had this chip on their shoulder that it was a trying to get respect chip. It was a playing like every game was playoff intensity type of feel. It was trying to earn respect. And Trey Young even said he was like, you know, we're not the hunters anymore. I can remember mm. last year calling so many games where superstars would take our games as a rest game. You know, like sometimes yeah. when they played the right. Hawks, we didn't necessarily play everybody's full strength team. It's not that case anymore. We're getting we're getting people's great shots. I don't necessarily know if we're getting their best shots. You know, they might save their best shot for who we're playing tonight. We're recording this Monday. You know, the Hawks play Golden State tonight. So, you know, Golden State's eight and one. They're getting people's best shots. But I can tell you right now, 
the Hawks are getting people's good shots. Before we used to be under the radar and, you know, you're flying low, the underdogs, we're on the map now. So how do we handle getting people's good games? How do we handle now not being the team? You know, you have to build that own chip on your shoulder. At a certain point, when you move from being the underdog, you have to change your mentality, how you play. You still can keep that mentality, though. What do you think's going on with your your Knicks? Well, very similar, right? Uh, Had a lot of success uh, last season. Some surprising success, I should say. Definitely uh, uh, punched above our weight. Uh, Primarily a a defensive team with uh, Julius Randle as the kind of focal point for everything in the offense. Went out in the offseason, addressed a bunch of things that needed to be addressed, got deeper with the uh, addition of uh, Evan Fournier amongst others, Kemba. So we have, we have scoring now in the starting five beyond Julius Randle, um, got better offense. We got some more playmakers. And the idea was that the trade-off would be, okay, if we slip a little bit in defense, right? We were the number four defense in the league last season. We slip a little bit in defense, but get a lot better in offense than that will pay dividends. And I think that's a, a fine trade-off to make. Now, we're currently sitting at about 27th in defense. Uh, it's not great when Ricky Rubio goes for a career high against you and hits eight and nine threes. But it also shows you how kind of misleading this small sample size can be a little bit. Now, listen, if Ricky Rubio is going to hit eight of nine, you shake his hand and you say, congratulations, Ricky Rubio, you shot better than you ever have in your entire career. It just so happened to be against us, and we lost. Uh, that was tough. <laughs> um, and so it's tough to lose like that. But on the other hand, you know, again, we got the Bucks, uh when they were shorthanded. We got a bunch of teams when they were shorthanded, and we got Cleveland when Ricky Rubio couldn't miss, was throwing the ball into the ocean, basically. Yeah. And uh, so – I think one of the interesting things right now with the Knicks is how the fan base is very, very critical of Julius. Julius was obviously so important to the team's success last season. And there have been moments this season where that last rotation to the shooter in the corner doesn't happen or maybe doesn't run up court back on defense quite fast enough or maybe doesn't find his man on the cross switch quite fast enough. And it's the kind of thing that didn't happen that much last season and under the microscope of increased expectations is is a thing that he is being criticized for this season. I, I mean, there have been lapses, there's no doubt. Yeah. Um, but again, early in the season, I'm hoping that this that kind of stuff gets tightened up and uh, Knicks are still six and four. Obviously, 27th in defensive rating can't be the case. You got to get up to 15th, middle of the pack, something like that, and and have a better offense. And, and everything is it's ampl- early. Yeah, and everything is amplified when you lose as well. You know how the same way yeah. cure, winning cures all. So our teams are, you know, we didn't have the rocket start that we necessarily hoped for. And so now everything is going to get picked apart. But that it's the point, like, and you know, something interesting too, is that 
There's also some really hot teams, too. Like, yes, we're not, like, killing it, but yes. for instance, the Sixers at this point right now have won six straight. The Nets have, Nets have won five straight. The Cavs have won four straight. The Warriors four straight. The Suns four straight. The Clippers four straight. So there's teams that are, like, streaking right now and are playing, like, extremely well. And we just so happen to be playing those teams. I mean, we just lost to the Suns. We have the Phoenix. We just have, we have Golden State tonight. You talked about Cleveland. Oh. Y'all lost oh. to Cleveland. So... The good news is we are losing to teams that are playing <laughs> extremely well. I'm just trying to find a silver lining here. I mean, There's like that, you know, that this is this is why and what is frustrating about sports. The Knicks got better. Hawks got better, uh, and certainly uh, if they maintain the trajectory that they uh, that they started off with last season, that they ended off with last season, they should be a lot better. Unfortunately, everybody, man, all, all these other teams got better too. Well, how dare they also get better? Right, we were trying Mobley. to climb ourselves, and everybody <laughs> yeah, climbed too. Why is why is Lamelo Ball looking like a looking <laughs> like a second team All NBA all of a sudden? Why did the Chicago Bulls? How dare they all of a sudden get better? Yo, uh, how shout dare to Lavar Ball, man? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouts to Lavar Ball because it was I about mean, a couple, few years delayed. But if you go back and look at what that man was saying about his boys, I'm gonna tell you I right mean, now, he's looking like a truth sayer. Right, now. I'm just saying his son, all three sons are playing professionally. One in the yes. G League, two in the NBA, and they're not just playing. The Bull, I mean, the Charlotte Hornets and the Bulls are playing like an extremely high level, and so are the Ball brothers. So we just gotta, at the end of the day, you may not like his delivery or like what he did or how he did it, but what he said about his sons being top players. Jason, I mean, look at the, uh, wait, there's like 400 something players in the NBA. That's yeah. out of a, a world with like 4 billion people on it, right? So that's a very elite group. Yeah. To have all of your sons, all of your sons, and I know LiAngelo, we had a cup of coffee in the league, whatever. To have all of your sons make the NBA, and that's with, you know, this is not like uh, Steph Curry where Del Curry, you know, he's coming from a family with a legacy of playing at a high level in the right. NBA. LeVar Ball was a professional athlete, but he, not an NBA athlete. Exactly. To do that, is pretty incredible. Like, that's amazing. It's insane. And then to add to the fact that, you know, LaMelo is going to be a perennial all-star in the NBA. Like, he is a top, top player in the NBA. Lonzo is a very, very good, very solid player in the NBA who will have a very long career. Yep. That is incredible. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and think about, like, because I really... Okay, so Lonzo Ball, maybe he shouldn't have been the second pick in the draft. Like, I know that that was the high sure, expectations sure. that was set. But then because he was chosen second and people didn't like his performance, it was almost as if LaMelo was doomed. And it was like, oh, no, we're not believing this Ball <laughs> brother stuff again. Get LeVar out of here. So I just, like, I'm not the one of the ones that said it, but I think that a lot of people said a lot of things about the Ball brothers. And so here we are with the Ball brothers Looking real good in this in this season this year. That's all I'll say. And, you know, it's I, early. I, it's early. We said that, but they look good early. I just want to quickly, uh, while we're talking about young players, shout out Evan Mobley, who who destroyed the Knicks yes. this weekend. 26 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. This guy looks like 
Dirk. He looked like Dirk at times against us. Just like the way he generated offense, his passing out of the free throw line extended area and the way he can get to that spot and get a mid-range off, provide the, uh, you know, the outlet for, for a three-point shot, doing all of that at his size. Man, he looks really good. 26, 9, and 5. Yeah. Okay, Jason, we got to talk about it, and you already know what we got to talk about, and it is Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. What is going on? Discount double check. So listen, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and gave us this textbook presentation and theories. And some could call them anti-vax rhetoric from conspiracy theories. There's all kinds of different things. He talked about he did his own research, but then he also said that he got research done through Joe Rogan. Um, He said he (laughs) consulted in him. I Look, I have to say that that's exciting for Joe Rogan. If you're Joe Rogan, people like you enough to believe anything you say. Great for Joe Rogan. Um, The Green Bay Packers quarterback had recently tested positive for (laughs) COVID-19 and was thus ineligible to play over the weekend due to the league's COVID protocols. Now, we've talked about this situations like this and involving players like Kyrie Irving. But what's more notable here is how Aaron Rodgers kept very quiet about not being vaccinated and misled reporters when asked about the vaccination status. He said, and quote, yeah, I've been immunized. A whole hot, <laughs> funky, not vaccinated mess, Jason. Why do you think Aaron suddenly put all of this out in front street like what happened? I know that there's always Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays and on the Pat McAfee show, but like, what's really going on, Jason? Help me understand what's happening. He got caught lying and he's embarrassed about it. First of all, let me just say this. I hope that we are one day famous and powerful enough podcasters that when someone gets sick, they yes. will just call us up and be like, hey, so I'm having like stomach pains, Renee. Uh, any idea what that is? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm oh yeah, let me help you. Like, can you imagine how how credible you have to be to people for them to take <laughs> medical advice from you, and you didn't go to medical school? Right, Joe. Uh, I I remember on Fear Factor that you once made uh, the contestants eat boiled pig testicles. So I wanted to ask uh, just about, you know, I know you know about biological contaminants. It's wild. Someone uh, (laughs) tweeted at me, yeah, well, how many doctors have you had on your show? I'm sorry. Is that a transitive property? Joe Rogan does not become a medical doctor. What? I'm trying to understand the logic. So wait a minute. (laughs) They're trying to say, oh, well, you're talking from take line perspective. How many doctors have you had on? No, sir. First of all, if it works like that, where you can transfer the knowledge matrix style, (laughs) then I'm a doctor because my sister's a doctor. Like, what? I feel like I have closer ties than that. So if that's how the world works, I'm a college professor of 30 years. I hold multiple (laughs) masters because my mom does that. I'm an engineer because my dad is an engineer. What else can I be? My sister's a doctor. I can be anything then if we can transfer data. Like the Matrix. The Montgomery family is incredibly, is incredibly high achieving. Oh, well, I'm the loser of the family, by the way. People may not know that, but when it comes to academics, I'm definitely like not the one. I was the sport athlete one of the family. So yes. So there's that. It doesn't work that way. And I think that 
You, the fact that somebody defended it, Jason, wait, what? Somebody was coming I mean, at you? A, yeah, people Yeah, people were saying, because yeah, I made a joke on Twitter. I was like, you know, I hope to, it was the, basically the same thing I said to you, is I hope one day my goal is to be a, a successful enough podcast that that skill position players just ask me for medical advice. And uh, and some and people were like, "Well, how many doctors have you had on your podcast?" It's like, come on, oh! that's it. And here's the thing it, with the Kyrie of it all: at least Kyrie has the courage of his convictions. I disagree strongly with Kyrie, but at least he isn't lying about it. Like that's the other thing to come out here and to name check like MLK. Oh lord! After you have been caught lying about your vaccination status, which you are then. After the fact, saying that you feel strongly about, you've done all your research and you're and you're this martyr about it, that is patently ridiculous, Renee. Make it make sense. Jason, there's no sense of this, but I will continue to talk about it. So first of all, my fiance is my PR and a lot of people don't okay. take PR serious. Like people think that PR right. is a job that, oh, anybody can be a PR. No, they cannot. Right, right. Because when situations keeps, like this, yes, that's what keeps PR professionals in business. This is, is they what think they can do this it. for people that don't know what PR is, what PR does, how it can help. Let's take Exhibit A, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, you got caught in a lie. PR is yeah. going to talk you through the best avenues to get yourself out of this hot box or this hot situation that you're in. So you're in the hot seat, Aaron Rodgers. What do you do? You throw up every theory you can think about. Oh, yeah, I took the dewormer because I found out from Joe Rogan. Oh, uh, yeah, I was following all the protocols except for the ones you couldn't see. Hey, let's throw in a right. Martin Luther King Jr. quote in there. Let's just <laughs> throw everything out there. That is bad PR. Why is it bad PR? First of all, you're assuming that we're all dumb. Like you're assuming right. that, oh, so Aaron Rodgers followed all of the protocol rules, just not the ones that we could see visually. So he didn't wear his mask when it was a press conference, but every other one behind the scenes, we believe you were doing that. And then there's another problem with the whole idea of it all. People knew. So apparently the teams knew, the NFL yeah, knew, and they watched the press conferences the same way we did. So then it doesn't only become a, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants the Packers to do. It becomes, well, when did it stop being a health issue? And if people are saying, oh, well, he was doing all this stuff, he caught COVID. So it's like you can't yeah. you can't have it both ways. You can't say he's immunized, leave him alone, his body, let him make the decisions. And then in the same breath, like he's, he caught COVID and could have spread it. So it's like you just can't have it both ways. And so there's he's throwing, you know, he's grasping for straws. He's throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Long story short, you lied. You're you lied, bro. That, I mean, that's it. Like he got caught in a lie and it's everybody else's fault. It's all these people on Twitter that didn't trust the vaccine when when it was being launched under Trump. But now all of a sudden under Biden, they trust it. It's the medical establishment that is looking to make money off the vaccine and, and doesn't make enough money off Invermectin. It's it's all these other people that for some reason are responsible for Aaron Rodgers, like lying. It, it's the exact same tactic that I used. I got caught one time out after curfew, right? I was riding my bike at like 1 a.m. And, uh, and my stepdad, my stepdad drove by me and I oh, knew I was wow. So I get home and what do I say? I said, well, all my, you know, see, all my friends are allowed out to 1130 and I got to be home at 10 and it's like embarrassing. It's not right. 
And it's like, so I snuck out and I shouldn't have done it, but like I snuck out because all my friends are allowed to do. And, and it's this, this is the same exact thing that, that Aaron Rodgers is doing. No responsibility for what he did, which is lie to everybody about something he supposedly feels very strongly about to the point that he is willing to quote MLK in regards to it. And it's everybody else's fault that he did because they're pressuring him because the woke mob was going to come after him because he was going to be in the sights of, of you know, the the uh, the medical people Those who are going to make fun words, of him. It's by like, the way. Come Those on. are some spicy words too. Woke mob. I'm just yeah, like, there's some, there was a lot of spiciness in there. It was almost like Aaron Rodgers was trying to clap back at the society for, for going at him for lying. And it was just, and, and you know, something else. So there's this term that I'm just going to start using now. It's called do your own research university, because there's all kinds of people that have went <laughs> to this university. Apparently like they've done their own research. Some people are the principal there. Some people are professors there. But I want all the, I, I'm doing my own research group. I want them, like, we've asked for it before. Show your work. Yes. Where Publish is it? Publish the paper. Where is it? Like, one of you guys have had to have been taking notes in y'all's meetings. Who's taking the meetings? Who's getting the thing in order? I want to see what all of you all have figured out together. Because there's so many of the people that are doing their own research like we could look, I like if we have to volunteer for the the vaccinated group to somebody to show our work, I actually think we could, you know, like Dr. Fauci was good. Release our report, Dr. Fauci. Put it on them. Show them what we got. I want them to show their work. Show it. If Aaron, if Aaron has the, has a report that uh, that that can help us save lives in the fight against COVID. Aaron, you have a duty yes, to release your research Show it. and publish it as soon as possible. Right now! How dare you stand on the sidelines while more people continue to contract this deadly disease? What is Joe Rogan's secret? I want to know it because apparently you can only get it by talking to specific people. No one's telling the secret. No one's releasing the information. What like is this an elitist group that only gets this information or what's happening? Because show your work. Also, Joe got COVID. Why are we? You know what I mean? Why are we using I think that? That's a, that's no, I think that's Joe a part. Didn't, he, he I, I didn't get vaccinated and he got COVID. And then, so then all of a sudden it's like, well, there's the expert. He got it. Yeah, I think that must be a prerequisite. It's like you must have this because see, like, like. I haven't had COVID and I'm not saying that in an elitist way, but I feel right. like they would, people would look down on me. They would be like, what's your secret? Yeah. Yes, nobody's asking Ray. Ray, what's your secret? Like, listen, I, I've traveled internationally. I travel quite often. <laughs> I've been in arenas. I'm calling games. And so I haven't got it. And I think that they would look at that as a, oh, well, you don't have the credentials for this. This is for people that's only been through the mud. Like, I feel like that's how they... <laughs> Like I like I don't know, but every time somebody like talks about COVID that's already had it, like even NBA players have said, like, look, I've had it twice. What do I need it the vaccination for? I'm like, wait, I don't understand the logic. I, I'm, yeah, trying to, that, I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand. Why is that a? Yeah, why is that a mark of expertise? It's like that's okay, what I said, hey, I'm Joe, a novice. <laughs> you're right, Joe. Uh, so you've traveled all around the country. You took absolutely no precautions. What are your secrets? <laughs> what do you know about how to prevent and avoid COVID? <laughs> It's just like, make it make sense and show your work, okay? That's it. That's it. Uh, we should also note that State Farm just came out with a statement saying in part uh, that they don't support some of the statements that Aaron Rodgers has made, but they respect his right 
But, quote, we respect his right to have his own personal point of view, which I always love when brands and or people say we respect the right of of so-and-so to have their own personal point. Yeah, it's like you're not going to, of course, he has his own personal point of view. There's literally nothing you can do about that. It continues, quote, to that end, we encourage uh, vaccinations, but respect everyone's right to make a choice based on their personal circumstances. This is like a what a both sides position to take. Yes. Now, uh, we should also note that uh, that Rogers has been dropped by Previa Health, uh, which uh, makes sense. They said, uh, in part, Previa Health and Aaron Rodgers have made the decision to end their partnership effective November 6th, 2021. Aaron has been a partner of Previa Health, serving as a spokesman and supporting the healthcare organization's health and wellness initiatives throughout Wisconsin since 2012, yada, yada, yada. But obviously, uh, they can't continue this relationship if uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be vehemently anti-vax. So... Uh, monetary repercussions beginning to roll in. But man, State Farm really just trying to have it both ways. Yeah, State Farm made the statement, Aaron Rodgers has been a great ambassador for our company for much of the past decade. And just similar to Privia, I, like that, I'm pretty sure that that partnership, yeah, they had been going since 2012, which is a nine-year partnership. So there's a couple of things that I see there. One was a nine-year partnership. Another one was a 10-year partnership. And that's all well and good. I'm curious what makes him a great ambassador. I, like, like for you to say that in that moment, is I, I just really wonder, look, we've seen the State Farm commercial. State Farm, call me if y'all need somebody to replace Aaron Rodgers. What's up, you know? <laughs> you know, I, you know, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm really curious why you said that at that moment. Like, yep. when everybody's great until they get caught doing something bad. Like, so I'm just like, I always think like most criminals or most things that happen, we know Aaron Rodgers lied on this occasion. So what does the past decade have to do? There wasn't COVID this past decade. So I always like to say, (laughs) what does that statement have to do with the current situation? So that's why when people say stuff like that, that's basically State Farm is saying, look, we really like Aaron Rodgers. We understand that what he's doing is not the best it doesn't it's not the greatest look we want you to get vaccinations i don't know what he's doing but we like the guy and we want to keep him like that's basically yeah. what they said again we talk about pr being a real thing this is covid is the reason that people should understand what pr is because i don't think that's a great stance for state farm to take if anything state farm you were better off saying nothing that's the, my thing i'm a little surprised that they actually did say something with rogers taking so much of the heat You'd think they could just lay in the cut and not have to say anything. They I mean, this, to put on a this, cape. This this statement is essentially, hey, listen, get vaccinated, but Aaron Rodgers sells a lot of insurance for us, so that's that. I mean, that and, and that's basically what it is. Let's 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 be real about it. And you know, the thing that I think, you know, you kind of hit on it with, uh, you know, with their the, the kind of verbiage behind the stances. <laughs> With Rogers name checking cancel culture, it's like, oh Lord, uh, you know, there are people in this world who get multiple times at bat. Aaron Rodgers is one of those people. Yes. He can fuck up this time. He can probably fuck up many other times. Yep. And he will continue to go to bat. Yep. And then there are other people who, you know, just like maybe quietly kneel on the sidelines, not say nothing. Yeah. Who you will never hear from again after that. So Very let's, just notice, let's just notice the people who get multiple times at bat 
and notice the people who don't. And and I look, I love that you took it there because let's go. So I'm curious, which one is less patriotic? Following <laughs> is following government rules patriotic? Because we've seen from multiple occasions that there's people no longer wanting to follow the rules. January 6th showed that people don't want to follow the rules. Yeah. Uh, we saw something happen outside of the Brooklyn Nets arena, uh, Barclays, where people don't want to follow the rules. Uh, I'm just curious, what is more or less patriotic? Is taking a knee, like, worse than not following the rules? Because we don't, I haven't heard anything about this is not patriotic. I haven't heard any verbiage that I've heard right. about other people. And then the other people, obviously, we're talking about could be a Colin Kaepernick, per se. A distraction. Is Aaron Rodgers, words that I've heard about Colin Kaepernick, is Aaron Rodgers now a distraction that nobody should want in their locker room now? Because there's no bigger distraction than what's going on right now. So is that a distraction that can you just can't deal with it? We just want to play football, man. We don't want to bring guys in here that are going to have to yeah. answer questions about why he's not vaccinated, why he is. We don't want those distractions in football. These are all the things that I've heard before. You know, like, you know, this guy, I mean, if you look at it, he didn't even show up to training camp. I mean, I'm just saying, like, imagine if certain players did exactly what Aaron Rodgers did just this season alone. Would we ever hear from them again? Would we ever see them play football again? I don't know. I'm not saying, look, it's a question I'm asking because I don't know. Yep. But I do know that we haven't seen Colin play. I, Colin is in black and white right now. I'm just saying, I do know we haven't seen Colin play since. So, but to your point, and I know that people are going to say, but what has Aaron Rodgers done as opposed to Colin Kaepernick? Right. That's not what right. the coaches were saying. That's not what the GMs were saying. Right. They were saying it's a distraction and all these other things and baggage and baggage and baggage. So I'm just curious, whose baggage is heavier? Woo! Ray! <laughs> Scotty Pip is upset. Yeah. Scotty Pip is, is mad. That is that is my intro for this segment. Uh, Scotty Pippen is releasing a new memoir, Unguarded, and in it, Pippen uh, goes in on MJ, his former teammate, the GOAT, uh, and in particular criticizes MJ's performance in the documentary The Last Dance. Quote, I was nothing more than a prop. His best teammate of all time, he called me. He couldn't have been more condescending if he tried. Another quote, this in reference to Scotty and his Bulls teammates, uh, the way they were perceived in the doc, quote, how dare Michael treat us that way after everything we did for him and his precious brand. Renee, Woo. we know that, uh, listen, relationships, uh, sports is a relationships game. Uh, but w what do you think about what Scotty has to say? I'm telling you right now, it's getting spicy over there, okay? That's, that's spicy, but it's like, I always wonder what, this is a side note, but this is how my mind works. I always wonder yeah. what it would look like if that era had social media. Because oh, yeah, for sure. they don't care. For sure, for sure. You know, like they politically correct is not a thing for them. And so when I see all this stuff, I'm like, because everyone's asking the question, well, why are you saying it now, Scotty Pippen? That's that's kind of how this, like people are coming at Scotty, like, well, if you felt that way, why are you saying it now? They didn't really have social media back then. Right. And and so they're not getting interviewed about this kind of stuff. Like right now, social with social media and the way media is just set up in general, there's a hundred thousand podcasts for any athlete to hop on to say how they feel about any situation. Mm -hmm. 
that was not always the case. So people have to remember that he's getting some stuff off his chest right now. Like Scottie Pippen, it seemed like he had some stuff that had been bothering him that he unguarded, you know, like he wanted to get it (laughs) off his chest. He's like, well, since everybody's telling their story, I'm going to tell mine. Now, do I think that he's right or wrong? That's not really my place to determine. But I think that I saw a lot of people going at, at Scottie Pippen and, you know, like they turned him into that. And I took that personally meme and I get it, get the jokes off. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wonder if there was a time where Scottie like had a chance to say that. I mean, we all know from the documentary that Scottie Pippen should be mad about a lot. He had the worst contracts ever. Worst contract in the league at the time. And there was nothing that could be done. Like he was vastly underpaid and a huge Obviously, a huge part of their success. Uh, The thing that I keep thinking about is, I think you're absolutely right. There were not the avenues for Scotty to express himself. Certainly in the 90s, what is he going to do? Write a book in the 90s? Like, what about me? That was, no one was hearing that. No one was going to listen to that. Second of all, and this is not a knock on sports media or Michael Jordan or anything, but there were a lot of sports media personalities who got to come up because they positioned themselves in a way to cover the ascendancy and the domination that was Michael Jordan, right? So their careers are inextricable with the success of Michael Jordan. And that's just a part of the landscape of sports right now. There are a lot of people whose legacies are all tied up in Michael Jordan's legacy as well. So there just was not the space for Scotty to do that. For sure. And the other thing I think about a lot is like, uh, you know, imagine that you, your name, Pippin, Scotty Pippin, your name becomes synonymous across the globe with sidekick, sidekick, sidekick. Yeah, you are the Robin. Tough. And, that's and, tough. I mean, that would, that would, that would wear on you. That would wear on you. And I think that, it, you know, credit is sharing credit, the ability to apportion credit. It's important in any kind of collaborative work, creative work work, work, business work, IP, whatever it is, you know, like a group project at school. For sure. The person who does the most work always feels a type of way about it. And it's always, it's financial, it's emotional. There's so many things at stake. And the person who gets the most credit often gets the most money. So there's that too. And you think about the way credit has broken up musical groups, uh, create writing partners. Yeah. It's the same thing here. And and clearly these are these are topics that Scotty has been holding close to his chest for a long time. Is not clearly he feels like he hasn't had a place to talk about this stuff. And I think with the last dance coming out, it's all coming out at once. And it's not it's not gonna come out, you know, often with emotional outbursts such as this. It's not going to come out in a clean and ordered way. It's going to be messy. It's going to be emotional. Boots. It's going to touch on a lot of topics. Uh, but it is it clearly something that Scotty sincerely feels. Sincerely feels. I mean, but Jason, you hit on something interesting because even like, let's just even just take Scotty Pippen out of the equation. There's been a big discussion about how old school NBA feels about new school NBA and how yeah. in the in the reverse in a sense of the old school NBA doesn't feel like the new school media or players maybe don't give them enough respect that they feel that they've earned. So you got to yes. always remember that is a baseline an undercurrent as well. And so then when you have Scottie Pippen who not only was he 
an OG and part of the old school, but he's the Robin, like you said, of the old school. Well, some of the Batmans of old school didn't even feel like they're getting enough love. So imagine, imagine a guy that was deemed like the Robin of the NBA, what it means to have a sidekick, what it means to be that player that's not the star, but really a star in your own right. You know, like even Clay Thompson is an example. He was really upset that he got left off of the NBA 75. And a lot of people, if you look at his stats and some stats to the other people there, you can make an argument that he should have been on the list. But is that stigma of being the Robin to Steph Curry's Batman, are people going to put a Robin on the list? I mean, just mentally wise, are you going to add Steph and Clay knowing that Steph is Batman and Clay is the Robin? So there's that triggering thing that he probably been dealing with this for a long time. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's so, the thing about it, this is it's so hard. Obviously in sports, there are statistics. You can look at wins and losses. You can look at points per game. You can look at all these, uh, you know, field goal percentage, all this stuff. Field goal percentage when a, a player was on the court with you, when they were off the court. At the same time, like, you can't put a number on the impact that Scottie Pippen guarding the other team's best offensive player you know, late in games for, for seasons, how that extended Jordan's career, how that allowed him to have energy down the stretch. There's so many parts of this relationship that are impossible to unwind. And that I could listen, if I was in Scotty's shoes, I could see being like, nobody gives me credit for that. Nobody says, yeah, Jordan was able to make that incredible shot, hang in the air and hit that shot because I took his defensive assignment in the second half and just chased whoever magic Johnson all around the court so that he could do that. Nobody's talking like that. Nobody's talking like that. And if you look at how everything played out, so we already talked about, he had one of the worst contracts in the NBA at that time. So then you see like how everything plays out. I don't know what his financial situation is and I'm not saying he's broke, but I'm just saying, imagine like not getting the respect, not having the money after the career because you were in bad contracts. And just feeling like you didn't get your fair shake at it or you didn't get the respect you needed. You didn't get the money you deserved. You didn't get like in his mind, he might think he didn't get anything for what he, he's done. I think that's that's such a good point, because, listen, we're, we're comparing him to Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan is a one of one in terms of what he was able to accomplish on the court and then take that success and turn into off the court success yes, business wise. That's right? what I'm talking about. Scottie Pippen. And most professional athletes, if they miss out on a contract, if they miss out on a $5 million, $12 million, whatever it is, that money is not coming back on the other end. That's gone. That money is just yep. money that you didn't make. Yep. And your career at 30, 34, I mean, that's another thing that you know people need to realize. Like When most people are just starting in their professional careers – if you're a professional, you're done. Yeah. That's it. You're finished. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, I, you know, like, I'm not saying we have to agree with everything Scotty says, but I get where he's coming from. And we're not I, defending I, Scotty Pippen because, I, like, I yeah. always want to say, we know Scotty has done some things in his past that are yes. not the best. But I'm just, we're talking sheerly hoops because I know there's always going to be people that are like, well, Scotty Pippen has done X, Y, Z. We're talking right. strictly hoops, strictly the numbers with that. I think that if you were Robin your whole entire life, whole career like your whole career you've been robbing in your nba career and you've been successful and you've propelled your team to do great things win multiple championships you played alongside one of the greatest nba players of all time 
I like you might feel some type of way as if you're sitting here watching how everything's unfolding and you're like, well, that didn't work out well. I, I put it this way, you know, like you you hear people say uh, a lot that, uh, you know, they, that's the main character. You know, you see that on social media. That person's a, if if I'm Scottie Pippen, I'm sitting here looking at the world at a sports landscape, certainly that I had a big uh, role in shaping. And I'm thinking, man, I can't even be the main character of my own story. They make documentaries where they talk about me as like I'm not even that important. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that's uh, truly the case, but like I could see feeling that way, looking out and just being like, man, I, I, I don't even get to be the hero of my own story. Make you feel Michael. some type of way. Okay. <laughs> and another thing we got to plug, a good friend of the program, friend of the show, Tyler Tynes has an interview with Scotty Pippen. Uh, which he is doing for GQ. Go find it. Go read his work. Go go see the double-barreled way in which Scotty goes about this interview. Just go find it because Tyler has been on this beat from day one. You know, th- this wave of Scotty being in the news basically started with Tyler getting his comments from him about half a year ago. So check that out. Okay, so Jason, in this spicy episode of what in the world is going on in America, mm-hmm. we got another chapter, and it's the Owner's Chronicle. Not the Owner Chronicles that we did earlier. This is a different type of problematic Owner Chronicles. ESPN's Baxter Holmes published an article which details toxic, racist, and misogynistic behavior from Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver. And so, unfortunately... Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is a pattern that we're seeing in certain ownership groups, the NFL being one of the most notable, but over 70 current and former Suns employees were interviewed for this ESPN article. A lot of the things they said were not good, and it was all kind of on the same theme. So what sort of fallout, Jason, do you think will come from this, if any? Uh, My gut tells me nothing will happen. I think that, uh, obviously, you know, the the stuff in that article is pretty bad. And uh, to be fair to Sarver, he has strenuously denied basically everything except for saying the N-word once, he says, because he was repeating a quote by a player, okay? You're the owner of the freaking team, not like a frat boy. Like, what is that? It's anyway, he, he's essentially denied everything else. That includes, the uh, you know, the toxic work environment, the misogynistic, uh, you know, kind of like tenor of his regime and the other incidents in which people have alleged that he has said the N-word, including Earl Watson, former coach of the Suns, who recounts a time that, you know, Sarver straight up said it multiple times, uh, which spurred Watson to be like, you can't say that, which in turn uh, led to Sarver saying, why can't I say that? Yeah, Draymond Green says it all the time. You know, here's the thing. I think that we've all, we've seen what happened with the Clippers and Donald Sterling. And what it took for Donald Sterling to get ejected from the league was not only a multi decade history of being a known piece of shit, right? To, yep. he, Donald Sterling in 2009 uh, was uh, hit with the largest federal fine for 
having bias against black and brown people who were trying to rent apartments from him, right? He was keeping, think about the impact of that. Hundreds, if not thousands of people had problems finding a place to live because of Donald Sterling. That was 2009. The NBA surely did not miss the biggest fine in federal history, right? They didn't do anything when that happened. Nothing. It took him getting caught on tape saying slurs for, and then also during the playoffs. So when the, when the players said, we're not playing for this guy, now all of a sudden the NBA is looking at, oh shit, we might lose a playoff game. There was a lot of other uh, things in there that added to the leverage. That is a very, very high bar. I think what we see here, and I'm not saying this is right, but I think what we'll see is Sarver saying, okay, I'm sorry about, and not really admitting anything, but saying, I'll do better. He will donate some amount in the tens of millions to a, a cause. And then he will very, very loudly hire a woman to run something, HR or something in his, in his organization. And then he'll say, and I'm going to step away for nine months, a year, and, you know, and go to counseling or something. And then the NBA will be like, fine, because the NBA does not want to continue a precedent in which owners could potentially lose their franchises for stuff that, let's be real, they probably all do and say. Uh, I, You know, this is very interesting. First of all, no one's surprised. I, I just always have to say right. that. No one's, no one's surprised. No, no one's one can surprised. be surprised yeah, about the things we hear. But I think what sometimes is surprising, these are all allegations, like you said, so to his defense, this is all allegedly. What we're talking about is all allegedly. Right. But if allegedly 70 employees have the same feeling. 70. And if allegedly <laughs> and if allegedly credible sources and people that you 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 would typically believe what they say are saying the same thing, then it's not looking good. That means that it sounds like a spoof, but if anybody says, Oh yeah, I said the N-word because you already know we're in something. That's like the people right, that, yeah, yeah, I just sing it in the car when it's just yeah, me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like we're starting to get into the 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 spoof sense of it. And then yeah. it's just to, to even take it a step further. So you pull down the pants of one of his account executives. Who does that? Yeah, come That on. was literally like, I watched Succession and that was literally the weird stuff that they were doing in there where you use people as leg chairs and make them stand on all yeah, fours. Yeah, why are we doing that? Who, I didn't, like, do people do that in real life? Apparently, allegedly they do. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly people do weird stuff like that in real life. So if if you are admitting to doing things like that, to me, that already shows a thought process. Like, I mean, I don't know if if he thought he was getting like a, a silver star for saying, look, I didn't say everything they said I did, but let me tell you what I did do. Like that, the stuff that you did do shows me thought process. Like who does yeah. that? Like, I don't, I know plenty of people that have maybe heard someone say the, the word around them. They don't repeat it. They don't, even in quotes, when I do a quote, I skip the cuss words. Like, you can skip yeah. words when you're doing a quote. So that tells you a thought process. And then for the power dynamic of an owner to be pulling down the pants of a staffer, you don't understand power dynamics. So I, like just those two things alone that he admitted to, to me, it shows that there maybe isn't the best thought process there. And again, this is all allegedly, but it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like you have the right mind space in general. Yes. And I agree with you. I don't really see much happening um, because- Typically, what you, what happens in in sports is 
you find people. Like, it doesn't matter what they do. If they do something offensive, you find them. If they get in trouble with the law, you find them and suspend them. If they, like, you know, it's just the fine. And so when you think about money and the league valuing rich people and rich owners, well, what does it matter if you give an owner a fine at the end of the day? I mean, like, for instance, you give me a fine, that's going to hurt my pockets. I'm not those traditional owners that come with, gazillions of dollars behind me but for the ones that do there's really that's why they talk freely that's why you can speak freely that's why you can say what you feel because that's this the literal term of who gonna check me boo who's gonna check them nobody i think one of the most troubling parts of this is the allegations of misogyny in the organization that led to a lot of uh, the female employees who were quoted in the story the saying things like that they were suicidal, they had to seek therapy, that they didn't know where to turn. And and part of the story is that HR was absolutely of no support to them. And in fact, people who worked in HR were quoted in the story said that they actually felt bad because they knew that that the, the environment in the organization was such that they couldn't do anything. If there's a positive aspect to this, it's that well, there's not. But I but I want to say this. Shouts to Earl Watson for speaking up for people who really clearly did not have a voice in this organization, yeah. who had no outlet to talk about what was happening to them, who had to endure this and 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 realize clearly that there is no future for them here at this organization, that in order for them to, in fact, go off and have a career someplace else and use this as a reference, they were going to have to swallow a lot of bullshit that they shouldn't have had to. So shouts to Earl Watson and shouts to the other people who were quoted in this story for speaking up for people without a voice. Because I think, you know, that's honestly what's necessary for for a lot of situations like this. You, we've seen it how many times where yeah. the internal department that is supposed to deal with stuff like this is just compromised. Can't do it. So what is necessary is for other people to speak up and say, hey, I'm seeing this thing. It's wrong. This is a thing that happened. I'm going to talk about it. And so shouts to Earl Watson. That's it. That's the only good part of this is Earl Watson standing up for people. What a perfect ending to a historic day. All right. All right. All right. Listen, you know what time it is. That's buzzer beater sound, buzzer beater times. And that's where we talk stories we didn't get to cover in the show (laughs) because of time. So, Jason, I'll get the party started. I missed you guys last week, but I was in yes. I was in Lisbon, Portugal at the Web Summit, which, if you don't know, it's one of the largest tech summits in the world. And it was crazy. Um, they have marble sidewalks. Like, they had marble sidewalks, Jason. <laughs> Who does that, Lisbon? I couldn't believe it. It is a fact. You can Google it. That's fact-checkable. But while I was there speaking at the Web Summit... I had a pretty big announcement that I made that I'm joining Valor Ventures as a general partner. And for me, that was a big deal. And people were like, what in the world is the connection like me and venture capital? And I was like, "Okay, I have to I want to explain to people a quick understanding of how social justice led me straight to venture capital. So with me, a lot of the problems and if you're trying to start a business, if you're trying to do anything Mm -hmm. in life, even WNBA players, I played overseas for 10 years. Why? Everything comes back to money. And when you look at venture capital, that's one of the top ways people are becoming wealthy nowadays. It's starters, it's founders, Mm -hmm. it's it's startups and founders and first-in employees. That's the new way that wealth is being generated. But then when you look at who's being invested in, 
Less than 1% of black women are being invested in when it comes to venture capital and mm. less than and 2%, less than 2% of all women are being invested in. So when you start to think, huh, venture capital and startups and founders are the way that all a lot of the new wealth is being created, but it's only going to a certain group. That's how I got into venture capital, basically, because it's like, oh, no, baby, we, let's figure this out, because a lot of these problems that we have in our 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 society are systematic. They're going to take a long time to to change. But venture capital, we can start investing in minorities and women like today, right mm. now. And that's what we're doing at venture capital, trying to create generational wealth for people that don't usually get that opportunity. So that's kind of what's been going on in my world. But what's going on in your world, Jason? I'm on vacation. I'm in Palm Springs. It's okay. beautiful. The desert air, the desert vibes are fantastic. I just want to shout out the grocery store in Palm Springs, the Trader Joe's in Palm Springs. <laughs> There's something about a grocery store in like a resort slash vacation area because you see people who are not used to shopping together shop <laughs> together. And it is the most fun. Like you'll see people, it's like the the cousin of the bride and the bride's brother, they don't know each other and they're all trying to shop for like 12 people. So like I was in the Trader Joe's the other day and <laughs> I saw these two people clearly have never shopped together before. And they came away with like a loaf of French bread and like five bottles of wine. What, what is that? <laughs> that sounds like a hangover cure. What? Yeah, like, like, what? What are you... And that was, that was common. It, that was real. And I'm just like, man, what y'all are going to need some protein in that. Please. <laughs> some protein. I hope everyone who listens to this gets to go on vacation at some point. Awesome. That's all. And that is it for us this week. Follow and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, yeah. wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, subscribe to Take Line Show on YouTube for exclusive video clips from this episode, okay. along with my digital series, All Caps NBA, which airs every Friday. Check it out, folks. Let's Goodbye. Go. Take Line is a crooked media production. The show is produced by Carlton Gillespie and Zuri Irvin. Our executive producers are myself and Sandy Gerard. Our contributing producers are Caroline Reston, Elijah Cohn, and Jason Gallagher. Engineering, editing, and sound design by Sarah Gibble Alaska and the folks at Chapter 4. And our theme music is produced by Brian Vasquez. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.